Hello, this is Father Randy Sly with another installment of Day by Day, where each day we take a look at a reading from Holy Scripture found in the Daily Mass. And today is Friday of the third week in Ordinary Time. Today is also a memorial. It is the memorial of Saints Timothy and Titus bishops. And of course, these young men were disciples of St. Paul. And their uh, feast day immediately follows that of the conversion of St. Paul, which is a wonderful way to kind of cluster uh, these amazing uh, uh, disciples and those used in the Church of Jesus Christ. And because it's a memorial of Saints Titus and Timothy, I've decided again not to read from the gospel, but to read from the first reading, which again uh, has to do more with the saints of the day. It's a beautiful, beautiful reading. A reading from the second letter of Timothy. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, for the the promise of life in Christ Jesus, To Timothy, my dear child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I am grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. I yearn to see you again, recalling your your tears, so that I may be filled with joy as I recall your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and that I am confident lives also in you. For this reason, I remind you to stir into flame the gift of God that you have through the imposition of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardness, but rather of power and love and self-control. So do not be ashamed of your testimony to our Lord, nor of me a prisoner for his sake, but bear your share of hardship for the gospel with the strength that comes from God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, as we begin this second letter to Timothy, There are several things that we can pull out of here. Number one is that Timothy as a young man and Titus very much the same, although they grew up in very different areas, uh, were both uh, followers of Jesus or followers of Jesus Christ as disciples of St. Paul that were raised up during his missionary journey. At the same time, though, uh, Paul also has a relationship with Timothy's family, with his grandmother Lois and with his mother Eunice in particular, as being two that uh, were also disciples of the Lord and a part of uh, the ministry uh, that that God had raised up uh, where they were living in Asia Minor. And out of this, one of the things that we see is the heart of Paul for this young man. These words are so beautiful. My dear child, grace, mercy, and peace from God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Um, what a, a lovely way for him to begin his, his letter uh, to Timothy, to encourage him through his love and his grace and his mercy uh, that comes only from the Lord. And again, 
one of the things that he does early on is express joy that they are co-laborers in ministry. That um, that as a co-laborer, one of the things that Paul wants to make sure that Timothy knows is that he's being prayed for regularly, all the time. And that as Paul is praying for him, uh, he remembers the work that that Timothy is doing on his behalf, but more importantly, on behalf of the Lord, because he has sent him uh, out as a missionary bishop to organize churches and to there uh, to ordain and to carry on the work. And one of the things that I remember, and you may remember from his first letter, is he says to Timothy, uh, Take no uh, you know, thought about your youth. In other words, because you're younger than the people that you're leading, don't let that bother you. You've been called, and more than that, you've been appointed and then anointed. God has given you his special grace to do this work. So don't second guess the work of God that's being done in you. And again, he brings the same type of encouragement in this letter by telling him to stir into flame the gift of God that you've received. And so, again, he's not necessarily saying that Timothy is is wearying and weak, but if he is, just to keep stirring that flame, keep stirring it. One of the things that uh, that you know and I know from being out at campfires or even having a fire in the fireplace is if you let the wood just kind of leave it by itself for a while, it's going to begin to just come down to embers but then if you begin to stir it up and stir up the wood all again the flames begin to uh, come back to life and so we're called on uh, to do that we're called to stir up that life of grace that we have not just let it go on its own on autopilot but to continue to to stir it up make it useful push it a little bit and just make yourself much more available to god as a, a priest and uh, as others in ministry might identify when he says here, stir into flame the gift of God that you have through the imposition of my hands, we can think back to the days when uh, a bishop laid his hands on us. And, and through that imposition of hands, there was an ontological shift, a grace imparted, the Holy Spirit at work in us in a particular way. But that's not limited to the ordained clergy, but also can come to those who, through the imposition of hands at confirmation, that same Holy Spirit was stirred up and deposited in us. And again, we can be called, no matter whether we are ordained or laymen, it doesn't matter. We are uh, those who have been called by God. The laity are just as called as the clergy to stir up our gifts, to stir up the flame of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that we might become alive again to him. So may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, often the question is, well, how do you do the stirring? What, what do you do to stir it up? Well, it can come in a number of ways. Perhaps it's uh, just through uh, doing something new in your prayer life or uh, just entering into a new discipline in prayer. 
Uh, perhaps it's through a book that you're reading. Perhaps it's through uh, something that you may be offering as a service or maybe even a mortification of the flesh. Maybe you're going to fast something. And in that fasting, you're wanting God to, again, stir up that flame. Whatever it is that you're wanting to do, God can use that to, again, bring the uh, the flame of his Holy Spirit back to burn again, bright and fresh. And if you need an, an image in your mind, just think of that image that Paul gave us of stirring again, stirring up into flame. And just think about a fireplace and there are the embers and they're kind of just glowing, but there's wood and the, the wood is glowing. But if you take that wood and begin to poke it and to move it around in the, uh, the embers and get it all uh, stirred up again, guess what? That flame comes back and it continues to burn brightly. The beautiful thing about the flame of God is that the word ne- wood never goes away. The wood continues in us as we continue to get grace that we might have that eternal flame of God alive and at work in us. So may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.